A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Their pitch is a women's football podcast in collaboration with Adidas Football. Welcome to Their Pitch Euro Special Episode 2. Uh, I'm Mia Eriksson and with me I have a great lineup today. Uh, it is uh, Rafa Roldan from uh, Hammarby in Sweden, uh, the women's team. And uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself with a couple of sentences. Let's go. How are you? Hello Mia, I'm fine. And you? Yeah, I'm good. A bit tired, but let's do it. Okay, good. Now, just a quick introduction of myself. I'm Rafa Rudan. Actually, I am in Hammarby. I'm a assistant of Pablo. I'm coming from Osasuna FC previously in the men's Allsvenskan, and also some experience before in in Norway. So, yeah, thank you for having me, and it's a pleasure for me to to be here in the podcast. We're very happy that you are here with us today. It's going to be an interesting talk. And also we have Eli Zarazola. Uh, who are you? <laughs> Hi, Mia. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. And also a small introduction. Um, I'm a former professional goalkeeper. I played in, in Spain for Real Sociedad in Barcelona. I went to college in America and then I finished my career in in the Netherlands at Ajax in PSV. And uh, since retiring, now I'm a coach and analyst at uh, Vantage. It's a, an individual development program for uh, professional football players. Yeah, and this is interesting because uh, a couple of your players has been in action uh, during the Euros so far. Yes. It will be very interesting. They have. Yeah. Uh, also with the heavy pronunciation on in action because they have been doing <laughs> a lot and of course we have Willie Kirk on our expert during this tournament Willie how are you doing today I'm good Mia thanks uh, yep enjoying the Euros now that it's finally kicked off and uh, I've managed to get to a couple of games which has been which has been good yeah and we, we have to I think we have to repeat this if someone is new to this podcast uh, from this episode. Willie, who are you? Yeah, of course, I've uh, been, been working in WSL since 2015 now. I've moved down from Scotland, coaching in Scotland previously, and I had three years as Bristol City manager, uh, six months at Manchester United as assistant manager to Casey Stoney, and then just short of three years as Everton manager before... Uh, Parting ways with them last October. So, uh, yeah, currently, currently looking for and close to new employment, hopefully. Yeah. And as, of course, we are very happy that you are here with us today as well, because we are, uh, gonna get into it right away. And we are gonna start with the latest action, actually, in the Euros, uh, Sweden versus the Netherlands. And this is, uh, this is gonna be an interesting discussion because when the Swedish lineup was um, announced yesterday, 
uh, a lot of the Swedish media and Swedish fans uh, on social media, they were like very critical of Petr Järadsson's uh, choice uh, of the lineup and the players in it. Uh, and he presented a 3-4-3 formation and lineup. Uh, and it was called very defensive. Uh, and Willie, I want to start with you. Do you agree on this? Yeah, yeah I, th- I think if, if you if you don't know the game, if you don't know the players and you don't watch the game and you look at it and go, well, it's two defenders in the wide midfield areas, you know, Hannah Glass and Jon Anderson. But if you know the players and you know the game, you'll see the amount of times those defenders got into the final third. And obviously, Jona Jona scored scored the Sweden goal. So I certainly don't think it was a defensive lineup by by any stretch of the imagination. And you were at the game, right? I was supposed to go to the game, and there was a mix up oh. with the tickets from the club that I am scouting for at the Euros. Oh! So I had to watch it on TV, unfortunately, but it was still a fascinating game. I still enjoyed it. But yeah, and what did you think of it? Like, yeah, I thought I thought it was a missed opportunity for Sweden. I thought Sweden were in control and and should have probably went on to win the game. I think I think the Netherlands probably got their lineup wrong in terms of trying to trying to punish Sweden high in the wide areas. You know, if you look at Lika Martins will always come inside and float. And Dominic Janssen's not a natural fullback behind her. And then you look at another side, and Jill Ruard is not a wide midfielder and was so much more effective when she moved in field. So essentially, the Netherlands played with no width. And if you're playing against a back three, you want to try and exploit them in wide areas. And uh, obviously, the Netherlands would always struggle to do that with that lineup. So, uh, but I thought it was a fascinating game, and both teams from one each until the final whistle. Both teams wanted to win the game, which is which is what as spectators we want to see so it was it was good to see and it was obviously probably the highest level game I think of the tournament so far yeah I think you just mentioned the fact that Jonna Andersson um, scored a goal and since we have uh, Rafa on here what did you think of of your new player I nothing new that uh, nobody else uh, have seen before she's a an unbelievable player not only in defense he gives a lot also in the offensive part as yesterday she scored one goal she should have probably the opportunity to score the second one but then she decided to to put the cross and and then as Willie said that I think the the lineup wasn't defensive at all I think at times the approach and not willing to go and press higher to the Netherlands was maybe a bit of a mistake because especially when you have your goalkeeper sub off with an injury early in the first half, you have also late in the second half another player uh, sub off with an injury. I think uh, Sweden could have go a bit higher in the press to try to to use the momentum of the or maybe the doubts Netherlands could have with two early substitutions not having the opportunity to change much more the game and maybe increase a bit of the tempo of the game. But I agree. I think the, the game was the best so far in the competition. 
and uh, we enjoy a lot. I was uh, in the stadium yesterday, and it was a game that both teams will will was they were wanting to win until the very last minute. So it was. It was a good one to watch live. Yeah, I mean, I was like when Jonah uh, got the ball for in the second half, uh, came free on the flank again. I I just thought that yeah, she, she's gonna score again, but then she was like very uh, unselfish and a bit Swedish, um, and, and yeah. tried to cut it back, uh, and it didn't work out. Um, so next time, I'm sure she will shoot. Tell her that. Yeah, I will. I will tell her when I message her today. Yeah, great. And Ellie, we have to talk about this because you had one of your players in the Netherlands that you coach. Um, who is it? Uh, I'm guessing you mean uh, Jill Roth. Um, yes. Um, yeah. In the we talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, on the first half she was a little bit like you said isolated. Uh, she was a little bit more to the side. Uh, during this season at Wolves, where she's played, I think at any possible position, attacking position. She's been play, placed in many different positions, but I think she thrives a little bit more in a more central uh, position. Second half, she took that positioning and you could see that she just plays a lot more free. She's a very creative player. She can uh, score goals shooting from outside the 16. That's that's her, that's her. where she thrives as a, as a player. So I think the second half was a more of a reflection of, of her quality and how she can play. Yeah, and something that really struck me when she like shot the ball and it was getting into the back of the net. It was like she didn't hesitate one bit to just shoot. That's one of her qualities. Uh, she scored multiple goals this season like that. She and I also, when we talk, I tell her, you know, exploit that, that capacity that you have of shooting outside, outside the 16. She doesn't even have to look. It's like she knows where everything is. Uh, she has a great strike and she just puts it with the goalkeeper. You just can just not get there. Yeah, because it was very like messy uh, in the Swedish defense and it was a, a wall <laughs> of Swedish players, but she was like, yeah. no, I'm going to strike this and I'm going to strike it now. Yeah, it's coming from a rebound and uh, she doesn't hesitate at all. I think she, she knows where she is on the pitch uh, and then she just, she's lethal over there. Yeah, and then she got. Uh, sort of an opportunity like Yonna uh, at the end of the game where she was... Yes. Uh, my heart was beating so fast in that sequence, I can, I can <laughs> tell you. But then uh, Magdalena Eriksson showed up and just, yeah, did her thing. Yeah, we see also that Minema also goes a little more to the side, receives the ball where maybe like uh, Sweden doesn't have so many players there uh, and plays a great ball to to Jill and just the first that is just not good enough and then uh Magda's obviously she's a killer there so she gets positioning and, and slight tackles to get the ball out. Yeah, but it was entertaining to say the least. Um so. yes for sure. But yeah, I, I actually read something on Twitter this morning. No not on Twitter, I read it in the Athletic by Michael Cox and he wrote this uh, that uh, Sweden and the Netherlands were both impressive here, not necessarily with their technical or physical skills, but with their adaptability, their versatility, and by showcasing their, their tactical op options. Uh, Willie, what do you say about that? Um... Yeah, I, th I, th I think he's, he's absolutely right. I think both teams have got, both teams have got such a high level of player and high level of coach. I think that they can be flexible when they need to. You could see small changes throughout the game that they would make, uh, you know, players slightly adapt in their position. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think he's right. I think 
and, and that's where we're at now. You know, that's where we're at, that the physical and technical side of the game has progressed so much, but, but also the, the tactical side of the game, the players' understanding of the game, they're now being coached at a much higher level, at a much younger age, and they're, and they're now appearing at these tournaments as world class players like like we should we should see them and, and they have got world class tacticians at the side of the pitch supporting that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's um yeah, I, I must say you you feel like when you are uh, like Swedish like me, when you watch the game and compare it to, to the other games, it's very hard to like watch it with no feelings, um, sort of. But I'm going to watch it again today and see if I can if I can look at it differently. But let's move back a little bit now because uh, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you all uh, how have you been enjoying the tournament so far, Ellie? Uh, no, I love I love summer tournaments. Like it's uh, it's getting easier and easier to be able to watch women's football nowadays. Uh, I watch a lot of English football, German football, uh, Spanish football. But uh, I love when the summers come and we have a big tournament and you can see just world-class football basically every single day. And I really enjoy it. I'm just, I spend my evenings uh, stuck to the TV and watching every game. I love it. And I'm really, really enjoying it. Yeah. And Rafa, you've been um, fortunate enough to, to go over to England. How, how is it? Yeah, I, I can say that uh, I haven't watched all the games. I, w- I have watched... Two games also in the stadiums, Spain against Finland and yesterday's game. I can say also the, the atmosphere with the supporters and everybody in here has been fantastic. Yesterday was a, a, a football fest here in Sheffield. Uh, it was both uh, teams with both uh, fans that were fantastic in the fan zone. Everybody was together and there was no problems at all. And in that way, we can see that Women's football, fortunately, is getting bigger and bigger also in terms of how many fans are coming, what is the expectation of the fans. Uh, I've been traveling from Southampton to Sheffield during the last past days, and you can see that all the countries watching the games and in every station, in every place you go, the, the Euros are, are there, which is fantastic. And then as uh, Ellie said, uh, it's good to be in a summer tournament and you know that you're going to have quality games in the in the TV or if you're going to the stadiums and you can be enjoying them. So yeah, it's fantastic that we have the opportunity to to have a such a great tournament in this time now in, in here in England. Yeah, and you mentioned the, that game. I wanted to talk about next uh, Spain Finland and that game. I know uh, that you really uh, was at. So uh, how about that? Because that was like you know the the fastest goal uh, in the history of of the euros uh, actually so yeah what? i was uh, there was no ticket mix up for that game so i did i did go to that and uh, yeah i think i mentioned on on episode 1 you know that i've got a strong affinity to anna signol the the swedish coach of finland who who obviously worked with scotland when i first moved into the women's game and it was good to see her at the side of the pitch and even better to see her team take the lead so early but uh, yeah, this, you know, it was one-way traffic pretty much. Uh, Finland, Finland had a couple of breaks, which could have been interesting if maybe decision making. There was some some real strong Spanish one v one and and last ditch defending, 
which which prevented Finland from really creating any further opportunities. But it was all about taking that early lead and then trying to stay in the game. Uh, and when it went to one each, and then two one just before half time, really really killed it. I think for Finland because it completely changes the dynamics of that dressing room at half-time. And after that, it was really just about, can we stay in the game for as long as possible? And and Spain's quality came through eventually. Something about scoring early versus a national team like Spain, I feel might not always be good, even if it's a goal. Well, a lot of people say it's not good to score early against the top teams because they punish you. It's good to score at any time. Let's be honest. You know, you will take your chance because if you don't score early, you may not score at all. So I would, as a coach, I would take that. If I was the underdog, I would take a goal at any point and try and defend for my life after that. So, uh, yeah, it was that was always going to be it. I don't think anybody uh, gave Finland much hope to take anything from that game. So they did give their fans a bit of excitement for that that period of time, and it was a good atmosphere in the stadium. Rafa, you you were obviously there. I thought both sets of fans played played a part in that. Yeah, I think it was uh, it was very good. I think that I would take also a goal at any point in the game. Doesn't matter if it's uh, too early or too or too late. But I think also Finland knowing what the player material they have and the difference in quality period that there is between Spain and Finland, they did a very good job because I think that they, they, they were in the game I th- until the 43rd minute. I think if they didn't concede that goal in the 43rd minute, then Spain could have been, have been more shaky in the second half. I think also Finland show what the big weakness of Spain are. I think Spain have such a big weakness in the defensive line. Uh, I won't, Okay, I want to personalize that in Mappy Leon. She put three assists in the game, but she, she was suffering a lot behind her. And I think that, and again, a team with a bit more quality and thinking about Germany, Netherlands or Sweden, Spain could have had big, big troubles if they are not fixing that, those mistakes. And yeah, it was one way traffic, mostly from the second minute in the game. But I think sometimes Spain is lacking, lacking a bit of pace, especially when they are building from the back. It was many occasions that they were starting building from, from the left. Great combinations, great short passes going all the way to the right. And then everything is low down and they gave time to Finland to go back two blocks of four, then the four, four, two. And it was a bit more difficult. If we see Spain goals were more kind of isolated actions. Set pieces, then a fantastic ball from Rappi in the second, in the second goal. But I think it was very positive despite the defeat for Finland. I think nobody wanted to, nobody gave a lot of chances for, for them. And then some doubts in Spain. I think they have to step up in the way they are playing if they want to reach what everybody is saying, semifinals, eventually the final. And LA, One big topic around this is, of course, Alexia Putea's uh, absence. So uh, from your point of view, which is also interesting, uh, two things I, I want to ask you is how how did Spain look without Alexia? And 
the fact that they scored goals from headers uh, and a penalty. I think uh, Jorge Villa is still trying to figure out what the right player or combination of player it is to to uh, replace Alexia. Uh, he tried something out. I think it didn't quite work out. Uh, he made some changes. Uh, like Alexandri came in. Also, Shea came in on, on the side. I think they did a very good job. I think that's hopefully, I think, what's a little bit what's going to look like against Germany. Uh, but yeah, he's just trying to figure out what uh, what the right combination is. Uh, Alexia obviously is a very important player, um, not only also not only as a player, but actually as a as a leader in the team, in the locker room, on the pitch. Um, so yeah, she also she also scores a lot of goals. So that's something uh, Spain is lacking. And I mean, they score four goals uh, the other day, but also. Uh, Finland is not Germany. Uh, Finland is not England. So you have to see against these teams how they're going to be able to to replace her in that sense. She's a player that uh, comes from the second line and likes to finish a lot of a lot of situations. She does a great job doing that. Uh, the other day, Aitana Bomati did that. Uh, I think she put the team on her shoulders and said, "Hey, let's go. We're going to get this, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be able to turn this around." So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of games. Uh, they didn't really have time to train without Alexia. It happened two days before their debut, so uh, it's hard when you basically almost build a team around one player and Spain is a lot more than just Alexia they have a lot of quality as well but in the end everybody's looking at Alexia uh, the players as well I feel they they feel a little bit of safety having her on the pitch as well so so it's always hard when right before the tournament starts you lose a player like that so it's gonna be interesting to see yeah and what about uh, these headers I mean Spain is not actually <laughs> very famous yeah. for from scoring uh, those goals but they did yeah I mean Irene Paredes is a is a fantastic uh, uh, finisher with her head it's it's incredible she's like it's like a hammer but yeah, it's true that uh, I feel like we were all surprised uh, that uh, we scored so many headers, especially also with Aitana. Uh, she's a very short player, but she just put it in right in the in the cross. It was it was an incredible goal. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's it's a good thing that Spain is showing that they can score from more than just playing football as well. So they that they can show other resources when the games are stuck that they can teams can say, hey, also watch out because they're actually scoring for set pieces. But I, I agree with Rafa as well that. Uh, I don't know if I'm happy or worried that the goals were coming from set pieces. I'm, I'm trying to decide. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, fa- it's fantastic. Many teams will doubt if do a free kick near the box and so on. You you have Mappy. It's an unbelievable left foot of what she has. And all the goals, I will say like 75% is the assist. Then the Irene Paredes, it was a fantastic, how she comes into the, into the ball with the decisions and no doubts at all. And then Aitana goal is, is what we call here in Sweden a goodies. Uh, the ball is just to put the head and it's fantastic. And, and then you can see also why Mappy is playing because she can give you that in set pieces. Yeah, and, and Willie, uh, since we are the two non-Spanish uh, people here, <laughs> I, uh, I just re- um, like sort of saw that the strikers in Spain wasn't quite um, like involved uh, in the first. They didn't find each other in the fi- final third. Um, but then something happened in, in the in the second half when when uh, the subs came on. Uh, would you agree with that, Willie? Yeah, definitely. I don't think they have the chemistry right in the final third in terms of the the player profiles. Uh, yeah, there just looks to be something missing. A lot of their game seems to be based around obviously 
how Barcelona play, yet you know two of their three forwards are now with Barcelona. So uh, I think that causes some problems, and and I think that used to always be the little the little issue that Spain men's team had when they were playing like Barcelona but without Messi. You know they were such a pivotal player. So you know if you look at you know trying to, trying to play like Barcelona but without Graham Hansen and Rolfo and, and and things like that. You know, it's it's difficult. So they, there's a little bit of work needed on that chemistry in the final third, I think. Uh, you could see that there was no, again, no natural width, really. You needed to get the full-backs up, uh, which, which they're more than capable of, the Spanish full-backs. But, yeah, there still looks to be a lot of space that's not being utilised. Uh, on the pitch by the Spanish team. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, and I think if we're going to move on to another game, because Ellie, you said something there that when you build a team uh, around the player, uh, let's move on to Denmark uh, versus Germany, because uh, Denmark, um, it's a lot about Penelope Harder, and it should be, um, of course, but Denmark, yeah, they pretty much got everything wrong. Um, so, What what is um, if we start with you, Ellie? There, uh, because you have a player in uh, in that game too. I think we should really talk about Lena Oberdorf. She was brilliant. Yes, and I actually talked to her after the game, and she was a little uh, a little upset that she didn't get more of the ball. But because uh, I know that she likes to play, she likes to get the ball in between the lines, turn around, be able to also start the plays from 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 the back. And she was in a little bit more of a defensive role the other day, uh, which she is incredible at. Uh, she is the one piece that makes the midfield work and be able to let Lina Magul and uh, Sarah Dabritz play free and and be creative. And then she's just in behind them, cleaning everything up. Basically, her positioning is great. Uh, she's just she's an incredible player. She's so young and she has so much qualities. She knows where everything is. Her positioning is 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 amazing. So yeah, I'm. I told her that she should be very happy about her game. That she she killed it. So uh, I know she wants to get more of the ball, but it's uh, she played a great game. Yeah, I think we often it's so easy to like get stuck by great defending in the backline uh, and and then obviously players who scores goals. But to me, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. About it's the that one midfielder uh, with the abilities that a player like Lena Oberdorf has uh, that could really make a difference. Yeah, for sure. And not only she's she didn't get the chances to play in that we didn't see her play in attack the other day as much, uh, but she also does great with with Wolfsburg. She uh, she really getting the ball in between the lines and being able to be the first player to actually go forward. That's something also we work on. Open your body, first touch forward, get rid of the first uh, line of pressure and let your team play with more spaces. Uh, and then in defense, yeah, it's also about knowing her positioning. And she's a very important player in both national team and her club. 
And uh, I think um, also when the team, I was I was watching the game with my dad and when the team was, uh, they were already 2-3-0 and he was like, oh, they should give her some rest. And I'm like, they are, they also, I feel like when Obi is gone, a little bit of the balance goes, goes away. So you really need to pick the right moment as well to sub her out and be able to put uh, another player in that position into, to keep the team, let's quote unquote safe. Yeah. As well. And Willie, what happened with Denmark? You know what? I just think Germany were exceptional. I think, I think Denmark, I, I don't necessarily think they build the team around Pernilla Harder. I think. They're very functional. They are aware of their limitations, but they do have this star within the team. So I don't know if tactically the formation or anything is built around Pernilla. Uh, I think they obviously try to find a way to get her on the ball and make things happen. But I just I just think Germany were exceptional. And I find it very strange that not many people were speaking about Germany before the tournament. You know, they had one bad tournament five years ago where Denmark beat them. But they're still an ex- And okay, they've, they've went through a transitional couple of years in terms of bringing through these young players, but these young players are on a different level. Like if you look at Lena, if you look at uh, Brand, I think the young centre back, even Kleinhern, who wasn't on the pitch. Some of these young players that Germany are producing just now are fantastic. Sydney Lohmann. Uh, so. Especially the midfield area for Germany, the three midfielders. That's that's the only thing I could be critical of Denmark around is they allowed themselves to be outnumbered in midfield. And when you're playing against Magul, Oberdorf and Debrets, like you you cannot allow yourself to be overloaded in there because they'll kill you and, and they did. So I yeah, I think it's a little bit unfair to focus too much on what Denmark done wrong. I think Germany did so many things right. Yeah, I also thought about that when I watched that game because I often, yeah, I, I say this many times, but sometimes you actually have to look at why things happen instead of just what, uh, because we could all see what happened. But I I, I saw um, Denmark's two games before the Euros uh, versus Norway and Brazil. And what I thought that Germany did really well, that they actually... Had it looked like they had scouted that very good. Uh, it was the short passing um, that Denmark had been doing uh, versus Brazil and uh, Norway. And versus Norway, it happened that, that Norway just they, they got onto Denmark and and like in the in the final ter- third, Norway got yeah it paid off. Um, but I must say that I was very impressed by Rikke Seveke in, in some sequences um, because she's a, she is a good defender. And I think Denmark has, yeah, she, she will be an important player for them. And um, Rafa, did you watch this game at all? No, I watched only the, only the highlights and also watched through the stats and so on. I think like Willie said that Germany was a bit under the radar because of bad tournaments of a few years ago. But uh, of the big, big teams, favorites for the tournament, I think it's the one that has played the game and said, okay, here we are. We are Germany and okay, if you want to de- to defeat us, it's going to be very difficult. I think like uh, the rest of the games, obviously Norway play against uh, Northern Ireland, easy win or comfortable win. England, 
it was not an easy game for, for them at all. Then we have Spain, even though the result was big, it was not an easy game for them. But Germany, since the first half, it was like, okay, we are going to dominate the game. We are going to be going for goals. Uh, they were not happy with one or two. They were going and going and going. Um, I don't think Denmark did so many wrong things, which they did. It was more the great game Germany did. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So it's um, it's going to be very interesting on Tuesday when Germany and Spain will uh, take on each other, uh, obviously. But what from what we have been talking about that, what what do, do you feel, Ellie, that we could that we should expect from that game? I think it's going to be the clash of the titans. Uh, I'm very very curious how they're going to come out on the field. But who's going to take initiative? Uh, is Germany going to press them high again? Are they going to wait a little bit more? Um, I personally think they should go for it. I know that uh, Spain can punish you if you don't press them properly. But also, like Willie said, uh, Spain is not Barcelona. And they don't have the, the players that Barcelona has also up top. Uh, so I think it's going to be a very interesting game. And if Germany press them presses them high and if they actually do a good job at the pressure like they did against against Denmark Spain is going to be in a lot of trouble they're going to be very uncomfortable they're not used to not having the ball to be impressed so it's going to be it's, I think it's going to be a great game or I hope it's going to be a great game must be a bit tough for you this game like yes yes of course I, I obviously want Spain to do well I also I also uh, want uh, Lena to do well and uh, it's going to be a little bit it's going to be hard but I am very very impressed by by Germany and by by the game they played um, the other day so I, I think I'm also a little bit team Germany I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the tournament as well yeah but then we have a win-win you're not going to be disappointed either way so <laughs> I don't we'll see I think that's one of those things that you need to wait until it happens and then see how you feel about it <laughs> so we're gonna have to see yeah but but Willie Willie if we look at this now that Finland could like take advantage of the the weaknesses in in Spain's uh, defending line how about Germany what what do you think Germany can do with Spain and by and and the, the other way around, of course. Yeah, I, I always think that Spain will approach that game with a slightly different mentality. Uh, will, will, or I think they should anyway. I think they, sh- they need to show a little bit of humility and go, right, okay, we're up against Germany, not Finland, so we maybe need to approach it slightly differently. First of all, mentally, in terms of being switched on from minute one, because because maybe maybe they, they went into that game a little bit too relaxed and, and got caught out with the early goal. But uh, I, I I think Germany should do something similar to Spain that they did to Denmark. Could. Obviously, it's a, the quality of players. You know, Spain can also keep the ball a lot, lot better. And the thing I've probably been most impressed about Spain was they, they can mix their game up. Everything isn't just short for the sake of it. They can go direct into the striker. They can be a massive threat from set pieces, as we've seen with Mappy Leon's uh, deliveries are 
are, are top top class so it's going to be a fantastic game uh, it's one that I am at a game the 5 o'clock game that day so I will be getting home as quickly as possible or stopping off at a services on route home to, to watch that game because that could be as good a game as what we seen last night between Netherlands and Sweden Rafa you will have the last word on this predict the game how, how is it going to end uh, I will go for a 2-2 The, the draw the famous draw I would like that <laughs> the, the, the draw and then everything is up for the last for the last game because it's going to be very important in that group who comes first and who comes second because then the rest of the tournament is is decided who is going to be first and second yeah for sure and let's end this with a discussion around the the other big game uh, I think it is uh, Uh, obviously that's Norway England and England started this tournament uh, by beating Austria 1-0 um, Willie what did you make of, of England? Yeah I was, I was at the game and knowing the players I, I could see I could see the the nervousness of the players you know I, I know Lauren Hemp very well and it, that wasn't Lauren Hemp on a on Wednesday night it was a fantastic occasion you know the, the crowd was just in, the, the numbers at the game was just incredible and I think that if if England get to the final that will then be a great experience to fall back on because at Wembley when there's 70,000 there it's not the first time they've played in front of 70,000 uh, but yeah I, I think England's performances will improve throughout the tournament they will build momentum with the crowd But that first game, it was it was pivotal that they won the game. Anyway, just just winning the game was so so important. Uh, we know what the English media can be like. If they hadn't won the game, they'd have probably been getting criticised massively for it. But so yeah, I think uh, again it's another fantastic game on Monday evening uh, between between England and Norway. Obviously, Norway's probably front four or five are as good as anyone in terms of Hegerberg, Graham Hansen, Rayton, Manum. So they, they will cause England problems. But I think Norway are, are really, really weak in, in the back line and England will have the quality. You know, Lorne Hemp will be better, will play with more confidence, will play with more freedom. It'll be interesting who they play through the nine because I think it's crying out for a a change I think Alisa Russo could cause the the Norwegian centre-backs more problems than Ellen White might uh, Beth Mead will obviously be confident having scored uh, and has has had a good season so yeah it's going to be another fascinating game but England's performances will get better the, it was purely just about winning the game on Wednesday Yeah, for sure. And Ellie, you that work closely with players like this, what Willie said about nervousness, when you watch this game, how do you think you can like have the same opinion? Yeah, no, I totally agree. You could you could see it and also like playing the first game of the Euros at home, uh, a stadium full of people that's just like he said, you just need to win. You just need to win and uh Uh, it can it can be tough to go in a plane like in a in a game like that. Uh, if you if the nerves really take over you, you can make mistakes that are not usual. Like like he said, also like not mistakes, but uh, Hemp wasn't herself. Uh, she can do a lot better. So uh, yeah, I totally I totally agree with his point of view as well. 
And Rafa, what what do you take away from that game? Yeah, every game, opening game for any competition is difficult. And we also speak that the, the first game in the league, they are totally different from the rest of the games. It's the most important is to get the result. And I think it's going to be an important factor about the public in the stadiums. Not many of the players that has been playing, unfortunately, has been playing in front of a big, big crowds. There is one thing that we are very lucky in Hammerby that we can, we are playing against, uh, with big crowds and, but it's very difficult for the players because they don't listen to each other. They can't hear each other. And that's something, a new factor that they have to cope with or not listening or hearing to the coaches at, at all. They have to solve much, much faster and then solve the problems within the pitch. And that's something that uh, not many of them are used to. Even the ones that they are playing at very, very high level. We see the attendance numbers in Spain, for example, with Barca, and they are not much higher than what we have in in Hammerby, for example. So the mental factor, the stress factor is going to be key. And I think it can be a killer for England or it can be a very a motivating thing for them. So it's going to be good to see against... A good team, uh, Norway, a team that has offensive threats. I agree with Willie that they are not as good in the back line that they are in front. So it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a very interesting game. Who is gonna take the lead? If any of the teams gonna take the lead, because it can be that kind of game that both teams are very scared of losing the game. And I hope not, but we can see one of those games that both teams are not uh, putting everything because they are a bit scared of risking too much and, and not get the win. Yeah, and let's just jump back to what you said with the players not uh, in the women's game might not be um, used to the fact that it's very noisy in the stadiums because I know that Sweden is work has has worked and they they are doing it uh, all throughout the games that you can see that they are coached uh, to coach each other. Uh, whenever there's a break in the game, they go together in small groups and they talk. Um, yeah, it's I, I I'm not sure if I've seen that as much in 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 other national teams. But as a coach, Willie, is is that something you think uh, when the women's game is growing that you have to teach players? Yeah, and and that's what you want. You know, it doesn't matter if there's. 10 people at the game or 10,000 at the game the players making the decisions themselves will always be quicker uh, and I, I, I've never been the most vocal at the side of the pitch because I don't you know I'm not playing FIFA I'm wanting I'm, I'm dealing with human beings who you want to be good decision makers on the pitch so yeah I, I don't think it's as good in the game as it should be but We'll soon be for no, regardless of how we coach, we'll soon be forced into coaching in a particular way now. The fact that the crowds are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they cannot rely on the side of the pitch, which is the way it should be, but is probably not the way it has been. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see also uh, how much that could affect uh, a game, uh, especially in a tournament like this where the crowds are very big. Uh, and Norway did beat Northern Ireland with the four goals to one. Uh, Ellie, since I know you've been watching all games, uh, what what did you think of Norway? And that I mean, they have a scary front line, no doubt. But but I, I also feel that Ada Hegeberg, she she, yeah, it, it feels like 
stupid to say, but she she actually didn't score in that game, and she had opportunities to do it. So, what what did you make of of Norway? Yeah, I like you said they have a very scary. Uh, if I were the defenders of the opposing team, I would be quite uh, intimidated. Uh, but I was, yeah, Hagever didn't score. She got chances. She missed them. Uh, but I was very, very impressed with, uh, Graham Hansen. I think she plays in a little bit more, more in the middle that she plays at Barcelona. Barcelona, she doesn't have as much, uh, not chances, but maybe protagonism as, as she did uh, in her national team. I like her when she can come inside, when she plays at that role more as a 10. Uh, she's a very dangerous player. She likes to combine. She, she, I, I, th- I thought she played incredible for me. She was the, the best player of the, of the game. And, um, that's, that's something, you know, you're most of the time people say, oh, like in Spain, people say, oh, Spain, it's Alexia. And now, uh, Norway is, uh, Hegeberg, but actually Norway has more than Hegeberg. And, and you also need to, to keep an eye on other players as well. Um, obviously the back is not as strong as the, as the attacking part of it, but, uh, I think teams should be worried about <laughs> Norway's attack. Uh, and obviously it's hard to judge. Norway going forward by this game because uh, the game was a little bit easier, so they didn't have it wasn't as as demanding as other teams have had. But uh, yeah, I I really liked uh, like I said, like Graham Hansen played and and her role in in, in the yeah, game. I really liked the way, the fact that also Guro Reit and and uh, Carolina Graham Hansen they really interacted well with each other and the movement they had because. Actually, Jonas Edeval was on on uh, comment for TV4 uh, in this game, and he said that he had never seen Guru Reiten this good. The way she dictated their their passing, um, and yeah, I think those two they are very. It's like very beautiful to watch uh, uh, Guru Reiten and, and Carolina Graham Hansen play football, but. I just want to touch before we finish this uh, recording uh, on midfield, the midfield part again, because I, I think Norway has two good midfielders uh, in that pivot they play with uh, Frida Manum uh, and Ingrid Engen. But Rafa, let, let's you get to just uh, react to this because I feel like they are good, but sometimes it feels like they can't do the job uh, as good as they might have. Mm, yeah, then one of the things that can be with, especially with Ingrid, she hasn't had so many games this season because she's playing in a top, 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 top team and then she hasn't been in competition, in dream of competition. And then we are with, uh, with Manon also. I think like they are very good players. But maybe they are not the absolute protagonist in their teams. So now they have to be leading a national team with great expectations. And they are the connection between a great, great offense and maybe not as good defense. So I don't know. I think it can be one of the how good they are performing in the tournament. It can be how good Norway can do in the tournament. Because we know that they can score goals for fun. They can just go and score from anywhere and at any point. But they have to be the holding between the offensive line and the defensive line. So how good they are going to be holding both defense and offense is going to be the thermometer of the performance of uh, Norway. Willie, 
final word you get the final word in this podcast now how um will the game between norway and england end i think i think england will win the game i think they they will win the game 3-1 uh a lot will probably depend on who scores first and a lot might depend on serena's Serena's team selection will she push Leah Williamson back into midfield because they're playing against a stronger opponent or will she have two more attack minded midfielders with Stanway and Kirby uh, that that will be interesting to see does she go on the attack or does she say okay let's not concede and have a, a bit more of a solid base in, in midfield yeah we have uh Obviously, many more games to look forward to. Today, uh, Group D will kick off. Um, and um, obviously, the two big games in the upcoming days will be Norway versus England and Germany versus Spain. Let's see if uh, Rafa and Eli will be happy uh, after the Spain game as well. And uh, I would like to thank you, all three of you, um, for today. Thank you for coming on and uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for having us. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun and, and great to talk about football. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sure we could have uh, touched on more games and going very in deep about them. But we, unfortunately, we have... Uh, We have not all day, uh, even if it's a great subject to talk about. And uh, but Willie, I'll see you later this week. Um, and uh, yeah, I will see you on episode oh, yeah. three. <laughs> and Ellie and Rafa, it was, it was great to meet you. Great to meet you guys. Great to meet you too. Likewise, have a brilliant day and enjoy the games tonight. 